From the Nifty Radio Recording Studios, high above 107 Columbia Street in the heart of uptown downtown Albany, welcome to this week's edition of the Nifty Practice Tips. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. That's very good advice, folks. Come inside, because today it's around zero in Albany. We certainly hope you're a little bit warmer where you are. Today, we'll be starting a multi-part presentation on the many faces of lesser-included offenses. The law of lesser-included offenses is relevant in both trial litigation and in determining the proper crimes to which a defendant may plead guilty. To fully understand the proper application of the rules related to lesser-included offenses, you need to know the answers to three primary questions. Number one, what is the core definition of a lesser-included offense? Number two, what are the rules for the proper submission of lesser-included offenses to the finders of fact at a trial? What are the special rules and exceptions to the basic definitions that apply when dealing with pleas, both pre- and post-indictment? Knowing the answers to these questions will prepare you to submit the appropriate charges to a grand jury for potential inclusion in an indictment to assure any crime you wish to submit to the trial jury is charged in the indictment or may be properly added at the trial. It also assures you will have available crimes to which the defendant may plead guilty post-indictment. It also assists in drawing a complaint which contains the correct charges upon which an SCI plea may be based. Number one, when is a lesser crime considered to be a lesser included offense of a more serious, higher grade crime? This is not determined by the facts of the case on trial, nor the charging document, by the statutory language that defines each of the offenses in question. And that's a really key important point. It's defined by the statutory language, not by the facts of the case. In order for a lesser crime to be considered a lesser included offense of a greater crime, it must be, quote, theoretically impossible to commit the greater crime without at the same time committing the lesser crime. That's a quote from one of the two key Court of Appeals decisions dealing with and establishing the foundation for lesser included offense law, People v. Glover the other case being People v. Green. Both of them are from 1982. Another way to say this is, for a crime to be a lesser included offense of a greater crime, regardless of what the hypothetical fact patterns are that you can create, the perpetrator will always be committing the lesser crime when he or she is committing the greater crime. Now, the Court of Appeals in a more recent decision defining lesser included offenses, People v. Rapanti from 2015, put it this way, such determination requires the court to compare the statutes in the abstract without reference to any factual particularities of the underlying prosecution. Thus, the defendant must show that the offense is an offense of a lesser grade or degree and that in all circumstances, not only those presented in the particular case, it is impossible to commit the greater crime without concomitantly by the same conduct committing the lesser offense. For example, in dealing with a robbery in the third degree, which is defined as the forcible stealing of property, Regardless of what scenario you can hypothesize, the robber will always be stealing property, the definition of petit larceny, while he or she is committing the robbery. 
That is why petit larceny is a lesser included offense of robbery in the third degree. And in like fashion, robbery in the third degree is the foundation crime and therefore a lesser included offense of all other robbery second and robbery first charges. You will find forcible stealing of property as an element in any one of those other robbery charges, and therefore it is a lesser included of every one of them. Another and perhaps simpler method of making the determination is to examine the elements of the two crimes in question. If all the elements of the lesser crime are found in the greater crime, then the lesser crime is considered a lesser included offense of that greater crime. Remember, you never consider the facts of the case in question as controlling of this question. If you do, it has the potential to mislead you and or the court into believing that certain lesser crimes are lesser included offenses of greater crimes when they are not. Here's another example. Suppose your case is a chain snatch where force was used, thus making it a robbery in the third degree, a D felony. Now, if you were to look at just the facts of that case, you would believe that grand larceny from the person, an E felony, was a lesser included offense of the robbery charge. However, in using the tests we've just discussed, if you look just at the elements of those two crimes as written in the penal law, you will see that the element of from the person, which is found in that lower level grand larceny crime, is not in the robbery in the third degree. Every time a robbery in the third degree is committed, a grand larceny from the person is not necessarily taking place. For example, the property could be taken from a cash register and not from the person of the robbery victim. This is why grand larceny from the person is not a lesser included offense of robbery in the third degree. So if you had this case and you were presenting it to the grand jury, if you believe that at trial there might be a question of whether or not you have sufficient evidence to convince the jury there was actual force to the degree that they will find it to be a robbery, you should include this grand larceny charge in the indictment. If you do not, it cannot be added at the trial. Now that is an e-felony, but the pettit larceny, which is a lesser included and which the defense could very possibly ask and get submitted, is in a misdemeanor. So that is why knowing what is and is not a lesser included offense will help you properly frame your indictment. Now, if the only difference between the statutory language of the greater crime and the lesser crime is the culpable mental state, that is intentional, reckless, or negligent, then the lesser crime is a lesser included offense of the greater. So for example, this is why manslaughter in the second degree, recklessly causing the death of another person, is a lesser included offense of murder in the second degree intentionally causing the death of a person? Or for another example, why reckless assault, a D felony, is a lesser included offense of intentional assault, the B felony? When you look at the statutes, you will see the elements are all the same except for the culpable mental state. Now, in the companion case to the Glover case that we've already mentioned, People v. Green, this was the exact issue. The defense had requested to have the court submit the lesser included offense. The court did not, and the case was reversed for the court's failure to do so. Also, an attempt at any intended result crime, that is a robbery, a burglary, or an intentional assault, not a reckless crime or a negligent crime, but an intentional crime, an attempt at any of those 
is a lesser included of the completed crime and can be requested at trial. So says People v. Foster, a court of appeals decision all the way back from 1967. So now that you know what a lesser included offense is, the second question is, when may the court submit a lesser included offense to the finder of fact? That's governed by CPL 300.50. This determination is also known as the two-pronged Glover test based on the Glover case, which identifies two specific things that must be met before the court is permitted to submit a crime as a lesser included offense for the jury's consideration. For submitting it to the jury, it is not enough to establish simply that it is a lesser included offense. There is this second finding or prong that the court must find before the lesser included offense is submitted. This second prong does require an examination of the specific facts of your case. This is when the specific facts of the case become relevant for determining if it should be submitted as a lesser included offense. There must be a reasonable view of the evidence presented at trial that would support the finding by a trier of fact that the defendant committed the lesser crime, but not the greater crime. While satisfying only the first prong of the test is not sufficient basis to require the judge to submit the lesser included offense to the jury, defense attorneys will often attempt to have a misdemeanor or some lower level felony charged, even though they have not established there is a reasonable view of the evidence to support a conviction for only that charge. Now, at times, courts are reluctant not to give lesser included offenses requested by the defense where the issue is close because an error on their part can result in a possible reversal. Simple example of where it would not be appropriate is a gunpoint robbery where the entire defense is based on the identification of the defendant as the perpetrator. Defense may even have presented an alibi defense. In such a case, there will seldom ever be a reasonable view of the evidence presented that would justify a conviction of a pettit larceny or even a robbery in the third degree as opposed to the gunpoint robbery presented because the defense does not concentrate on undercutting the credibility of the witness as to what took place, but only as to who did it. Now, in many counties, lesser included offenses are included in an indictment for plea purposes. Do not be fooled if you have some lower level crimes in your indictment that because they are there, they must be submitted to the jury at trial. Defense attorneys will often say to a judge, since the people put that lesser included offense in the indictment, they're stuck with it. This is totally false. Take a look at CPL 300.50 subdivision three. When the court is deciding what lesser included offenses to submit to the jury at trial, the analysis takes place as to both lesser included offenses that are already in the indictment and those which the parties are requesting. Every lesser included offense that appears in an indictment must meet the two-pronged test before it may be submitted to the jury. An indictment may contain that lesser included misdemeanor offense for possible plea purposes. Once a trial is commenced, you may have no interest in submitting a misdemeanor drug charge for the jury's consideration when the top count is a B sale or in submitting a pettit larceny charge when the top count is a robbery. Again, the court must 
analyze every lesser included offense for submission to the jury equally, whether it is in the indictment or has been requested to be added. When submitting lesser included offenses to the jury at trial, the court must always charge the jury only to consider the greater and lesser included crimes in what's called the alternative. By this, we mean the jury is instructed to consider only the more serious charge first. If they convict on that crime, there is no reason to consider the lesser included offense because by convicting of the greater crime, they have also convicted the defendant of the lesser crime because every element of that lesser included offense is found in the greater crime. It is only if the jury acquits the defendant of the greater crime should they then consider the lesser included offense. If the court permits the jury to return verdicts on both of these crimes, and this has happened more times than you can imagine, the jury may acquit on the lesser included crime, convict on the greater, which becomes a repugnant verdict. Okay, that's where we're going to stop today. And we will pick up where we left off next time. And we will be looking at the effect of lesser included offenses on pleas. And there are a lot of effects. So as always, I want to thank our producer and crack snow shoveler, John Marconi Crispino. And to all of you out there, be well and stay ready, my friends. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside.